Okay. So it's not because I'm I'm on I'm on the plane tomorrow and Thursday also I can't because I'm gonna be driving up to New uh, to to Kaylee with my son Josh. Okay. So before we actually get to one line, just a quick thought. We were discussing last week about the uh, first of all, good cholish to everybody. Um, we were discussing last week um, about uh, the order of the parshios. The first parsha has. Uh, Lilmo, the Lamed Lassos. The second parsha has Lamed Lassos, and the third one just says Lassos, just to do the mitzvos. So we know that we, when we say the um, we say the first and second parsha, we're supposed to touch the tefillin. We know that we're supposed to go ahead and hold the tzitzis for the third parsha. How come the Chashuk Echemet, Rav Yitzchak Zilberstein asks, how come we don't actually touch the mezuzah? When we're saying we touch we touch the tefillin, we hold the tzitzis when we say parsha tzitzis. How come we don't go ahead and stand up and touch the touch the mezuzah? But we're not during shema. Why during shema? In other words, every other mitzvah that we mention in shema. Okay, so if, as everyone's saying, the first answer is practical. That it's just uh, to get up. Okay, so this was actually asked from the, by the Rivash. The Rivash was at, from the Rivash. The Rivash answered as follows. He gave two answers. And he says, as everyone answered her correctly, it says, it's not in front of him. You're in the front of the shoe and you have to get up and walk 50 feet to the back of the shoe to touch the mezuzah. It's not so practical. But he gives another reason. The Chashuk HaChemet brings the name of the Rivash. The other reason is, it says, the whole reason we go ahead and we hold the tzitzis, because the tzitzis is supposed to engender and remind us of the the mantiskor. So as you remember everything, there's a purpose in holding the tzitzis. When you see the tzitzis, you're supposed to remember the 613 mitzvahs. Tefillin, <clears throat> we said last week, the reason why you touch the tefillin is to remind yourself that you're wearing them so that you don't have a chadas, you don't have a mental lapse in concentration. But he says when it comes to the tzitzis, when it comes to the mezuzah, it doesn't have any practicality. It's not going to impact you on shema. So then he goes on to say, the, the nafgamina would be the difference between those two reasons is if the first one, if it's just a question of practicality, then if you're the, sitting by the door and it's not a big tircha, you should theoretically get up and touch the mezuzah <coughs> or kiss the mezuzah. But if it's the reason that there's really no inherent reason, it's not going to improve the quality of your shema, it's not going to remind you of the mitzvahs, so by touching mezuzah doesn't really come to, doesn't really add anything. And then Rabbeinu Yonah says one other reason. He says the whole reason while we're doing these things, we're touching the tefillin or the tzitzis, is to help us with Kabbal Samal Hashemayim. What's the mitzvah of mezuzah? The mitzvah is when you go ahead and you affix it to your door, and when you leave and come into your house, so that you take your yadus with you, your religion with you, when you go into the real world. It has no real application to the actual tochen content of Kriya Shema. So if the whole purpose of the mitzvah of, of tefillin is so that we, we touch tefillin, sorry, so that we remember that we're wearing it, we hold the tzitzah so that it reminds us of the mitzvahs, that's integral to the part of Shema. But the whole reason we don't kiss the mezuzah while we're saying Shema, because it doesn't have any direct impact on the Shema itself. The, the reason for we, we, kiss, we uh, put the mezuzah on the door is so that it reminds us that when we enter or leave the house, that we take the kedusha from our house and we try to bring it with us into the, into the world outside. What's that again? Yeah, the Kaboa to, to establish. Yeah, exactly. Okay, now we are up to um, the last two lines on the bottom of Yudalim Abayz. A fascinating two lines, really fascinating. We're up to Yudalim Abayz, the second to last line. Omar Ula. Ula says, so two, da- two lines from the bottom, Yudalim Abayz. Kolakori Kriyashma below Tfilin. Anyone who recites Kriyashma without wearing his Tfilin, Ki'ilu made a Dusheker Ba'atzmo. It's as if he is giving false testimony. 
Amar Rabbi Chia, Rabbi Chia says, Baraba, Amar Rabbi Yochanan, Kilo Hikriv Ola, below Mincha, Vizevach, below Nesachim. He says, the, what is someone who says Kriyashma without wearing tefillin, what's that comparable to? Someone who brings a carbon and doesn't bring the wheat, the, the flour offering that's supposed to be brought with it, or he brings the carbon and he doesn't bring the, the Nesachim, which is the wine libations. There were certain carbonos that you had to pour wine. So if you have the, 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 um, the scenario where you're saying Kriya Shema and you're not wearing tefillin, it's two possibilities. Ula says you're, as if you're saying your false testimony because you're saying, mentioning tefillin and you're not wearing tefillin Shema, or it's like bringing a carbon without the, the adjunct, either the, the, the uh, flower offering or the wine libations with it. Anytime you have two reasons in the Gemara or two different sources, one must examine and analyze why is the Torah bringing two differences or two different opinions? Are there differences in, in both theory and in practicality? So what, taking these into account now, taking that thought process in, in how one approaches learning and Gemara, what are the two differences between these two opinions? It's as if you're giving false edus if you say Shema without fill-in, or it's like you're bringing a carbon but not the complete carbon. So it's interesting. Rabbeinu Yonah says as follows. He says, according to the first opinion, there's two separate scorecards. You're saying Shema, but you're giving false testimony. So you get the mitzvah of saying Kriya Shema, but you also get an Aveira of giving false testimony. We'll see what that is in a minute. But according to the opinion that you're bringing a carbon without the adjunct, it's not that you, it's two separate scorecards. It's not two separate mitzvahs. It's one mitzvah, bring a carbon. You just did not do it in its completion. So the corollary would be that you said Shema, you just not complete the mitzvah the way it was prescribed. As opposed to the first opinion of Rav is saying that no, you said Kriya Shema, you got the full mitzvah, but you also committed an Aveira. Two separate scorecards according to the first opinion. If you give Say Shema without filling, it's as if you're giving false atus. So you got the full mitzvah of Kriya Shema, but, but you also did an Aveira. One and one. One and one. As opposed to the second possibility, if you just didn't bring the carbon completely, it's like saying Shema, but there's a little pagam, there's a little blemish, so you fulfill the mitzvah, let's say 80%. So what happened if? You cannot do it. Oh, so let's, let's see that. Perfect, somewhere. perfect. So let's see that in a second. So we're actually going to discuss that in a minute. Right, very yeah, good, correct. I was wondering about that. Do you get any... You get a schar, but uh, it's, it's, you're not doing the mitzvah in a mufkar. You're not doing the mitzvah bishlemusa. They're not, not doing the, the complete mitzvah. That's a separate question. You're asking a question, basically, and which is, uh, we'll get to that, God willing, at one time. If you, it, just say, for example, I don't want to get off topic, but if you do a hidr mitzvah by Esrog, is hidr mitzvah now part of the mitzvah of Esrog, or is it separate and distinct? I did the basic mitzvah. I bought a very non-mehudar Esrog. I bought a, a $5, it looks like a lemon, doesn't have, well, it's not puzzle, but it's just not mehudar. So did I fulfill the mitzvah of Esrog, and I just didn't fulfill the mitzvah hidr mitzvah? Or does hidr mitzvah become an integral part of the mitzvah, and therefore, if I didn't do hidr, I didn't do mitzvah? It's almost like what we're saying here, right? I didn't do. I you, is there partial credit for a mitzvah, basically? So, I mean, whatever. I don't want to get into it, but I have something. Okay. Well, okay. So now <laughs> it's interesting. The Gemara in Menachos says that Amr lo Rabbi Meir valo adam maybe zivchla yom nesachav yud yomim. So again, comparing now these two possibilities, the second possibility states, someone who says Kriyashma without tefillin is equivalent, is tantamount to someone who brought a carbon but did not bring either the mincha or the, or the yayin or the nesachim. The Gemara in Menacho says that one could bring a carbon and delay bringing the nesachim, the wine, up to 10 days. So the equivalent would be, if you're comparing that to Kriyashma, that would mean basically that you can say Kriyashma now, put tefillin on a day or two later, 
and it'd be okay. Is that logical? Again, this corollary, this comparison is very challenging. Because it would mean, because the Gemara says you can bring the Nesachim, the wine libations, up to 10 days after you bring the carbon. So taken to its logical conclusion... But is the carbon that you need to bring the wine libation for a daily carbon? No, let's assume it's... Well, oh, see, that's oh, where it's different oh, because... Oh, we can get to that. Excellent. We can get to that. But the question is, Jeff's point aside, you, you were miscavin to have Shlomo Kluger in a second. Very good. You earned your name, the Rive. So basically, it, if it can be brought 10 days later, that would mean that you'd be able to say, put the tefillin on 10 days later, and that's a big problem. So you can explain the following. Is the second act, in this case, the wearing the tefillin, or bringing the wine libations, how is it connected to the first act, saying Shema, or bringing the carbon? That's really the critical point. How can we go ahead and... So if you bring, if you say Kriya Shema, and then you say tefillin, put tefillin on 19, 19 hours later, would anyone assume that the tefillin that you're putting on 19 hours later was in retrospect connected to the... Collins shaking said no, correct. What if I put tefillin on, though, within the three-hour time frame that we're supposed to say this Mount Kriyashima? We say Kriyashima is from 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. Then at least you can say there's some connection. But putting it outside of that three-hour window might be much more challenging. And this is what Shlomo Kluger says, in fact. He says as follows. He says that the difference between the wine libations and the, and the Kriyashima and the tefillin is tefillin, to Jeff's point, is a mitzvah every day, all day long. The Nesachim in a vacuum, no one just brings wine libations in of itself. When you bring the nesachim of the wine, by definition, it's tied to the carbon because it's, it's only part and parcel of mitzvah. A wine libation can never stand on its own two feet. It has no significance. It's only part brought as part of a carbon. Tefillin is a separate mitzvah than, than Kriyashma. Of course it can stand on its own. So if you don't do it in the right time frame, no one would ever assume that tefillin are tied to the Kriyashma. Does that make sense? Because each one is a separate mitzvah could stand on its own two feet. It's just that the Chachamim went ahead and said, do it together. So if Shlomo Kluger doesn't like this, this comparison, because, which means basically, practically, if you were to put tefillin on eight or nine hours later, based on this comparison, it really wouldn't work. No one would, you'd still be, go ahead and not complete the mitzvah of Kriyashma entirely. Perfect. There's a question whether you should just say parak, some you should say Shema again. There's a whole question on that. We'll get to that. But the question is, so if you really take, according to these two different opinions, if you say Shema and then put filling on within, let's say, an hour later, if you say that you're made a Dushakar, that you're giving false testimony, because of the time that I'm saying Kriya Shema, I'm not wearing filling, it really shouldn't matter if you put filling uh, on an hour later. At the time that I said Shmak, I wasn't wearing tefillin. That's made a dushekar. I'm giving false testimony. Kuntrabichia's <clears throat> interpretation, though, of the, of the carbon, as long as you can have the nesachim as some connection to the carbon, as long as we can say that tefillin has some connection to the shema, it's possible to say that it would work an hour later, because it's still within that three-hour window when the zman of kriya shema is, so it's much more palatable, or it's easier at least to connect the wearing of the tefillin to the Shema, because it's in that same, you could connect the two. That would be the, the, the a practical application or difference in Afkamina between these two opinions. Can you put tefillin on, let's say an hour or two hours later after you say Shema? So according to the first person said you're giving false testimony, all we care about is while I'm giving the testimony, while I'm saying Shema, I'm not wearing my tefillin. So I would violate this, this, this uh, prohibition. 
But if you say the whole com- the comparison is one to carbon, and you can bring the Nesachim up to 10 days later, and the Nesachim, the point is, as long as it shows some connectivity, some relationship to the carbon that you brought, so if I can tie the tefillin to the Kriyashma, that I'm saying an hour earlier, Amen. then it's at least easier to say that there's some connection. So isn't it more about Kavana than, than the actual act? Fantastic. I mean, if I'm saying the Shema and I say, I'm going to put on tefillin later. Beautiful. So th- there's, so... This is not, this is canceling the two checker? No, so, yes, but he doesn't say you do checker. The second person has, no, has nothing to do with a do checker. He's saying you don't get the full mitzvah because you're only bringing half a carbon. You're only doing half a mitzvah. According to the person who said, Rabbi Chia, it has nothing to do with a do checker. A do checker means that you do the mitzvah, but you also get a, an avera with it. The second opinion is that you bring half a carbon, you're only getting half the mitzvah. If you say kriya shema without the tefillin, it's like bringing the carbon without the nesachim. So it's not that you did a full mitzvah and you get a full avera. You didn't do the full mitzvah. So again, as long as you can, but based on that, he's saying if the, the comparison to the carbon is somewhat of a troubling one because you can bring the Nesachim up to 10 days later. That would mean you can sit, bring, you could theoretically put the tefillin on up to a certain point later. Which means that which, it's not a dual checker. That's my question. Well, right, right. For him, it's never, correct. It's not a dual checker. Correct. According to that. Right. He, doesn't really, he doesn't bring in the dual checker. But yes, according to him, you fulfill the mitzvah completely, even if you bring it, let's say, an hour or two later, you put the tefillin on. Because at least then it has some connection to the mitzvah itself. The sachem can never stand alone. Even if you bring it a week later, it has connection to the carbon because the sachem are never brought by themselves only brought as an adjunct or as a secondary part of the carbon. So what if you forgot your tefillin, let's say, and you daven... We're going to get to that. That's the next... We'll probably put that on the next year. Ask the question. Well, the question is, if you forget your tefillin, you daven shachari without your tefillin, how many hours afterwards can you do... Ask a better question. And, and can you do... As long as you have intent that you're going to be putting tefillin on later, can you connect yeah. to Yes. Shema so there are or, plenty of people who say that. No, but I, mean, I always thought you have to say Shema afterwards. So, uh, fantastic. You're, you're saying that there's a possibility that you don't even have to say Shema when you put tefillin on later. Correct. There's some opinion you just say some prakim. But Ron's so, question so is a great one. That's what we're going to get to next. If you have... We can do this on the share. I'm going to put online. You forgot or you cannot. No. So let's just say you forgot your tefillin. Let's say you forgot your tefillin at home. And you're not going to get it for another 20 minutes, and you're going to miss. Is it better to daven kriya shema with tefillin, or to daven tefillin b'tzibor? What should you do? So you're at the 915 minion, <clears throat> and then you realize you just came from Boynton Beach, and you forgot your tefillin. So your spouse is going to bring the tefillin. By the time she comes and reaches 945, 950, you already missed tefillin b'tzibor. The, the, the minion is pashmanes right now. So is it better to daven kriya shema without your tefillin? You're like meir edu sheker. Or... Wait for your tefillin until afterwards, and you miss. Uh, sorry. So zman's not an issue. Zman it's is an issue. Oh. So the one overarching issue is that if you're going to miss the zman kriyashma, then you daven the magen avraham levush. Also, if you're going to miss the zman of kriyashma, then you say kriyashma even without tefillin. Right. That's not the question, yeah. but that, that's a very, very important point. We're talking about where you still make zman kriyashma. Is it better to daven tefillin b'tzibur, meaning shmon esrei with the, with the tzibur, with the minion, or is it better to wait, sit there, learn, do whatever you want? Um, and then once your spouse brings the tefillin, to don tefillin and then say, um, Kriya Shema. That's a good question. Oh, well, yep, then you'll tune into the, to the shir. Now, it's interesting, by the way, um, to what you guys said, just two more points. The Me'iri says the only time it's a problem not wearing tefillin while reciting Shema, I think someone mentioned this, if one does it in a disparaging or rebellious manner, if there are, um, you know, um, <laughs> compromised circumstances and he's not able to wear it, 
or if someone, let's just say, has uh, a GI ailment and he can't keep a gufnaki, he can't keep a, then obviously that's not what we're talking about. That's not considered being a uh, made a shekar. There's a compelling reason why one can't, why one is not wearing the tefillin. We're talking about under normal circumstances. If you do it in a rebellious manner, then that's considered being a, a made a shekar, giving false testimony. The last point, just very interesting, before we get to uh, some more stuff uh, in the next year. And the Marsha gives a very, very interesting reason why it's considered false testimony. We know that if you have an obligation to give testimony and you don't, you're, you're not allowed to sit idle. So there are three signs that we did. There are three osos, three mitzvahs that we have that serve as a sign as, of a bris between us and Hashem. What are they? Mila, Shabbos, and Tefillin. We only need, to, we know the basic rule in Judaism, you need a minimum of two edim to give kosher edos. So if someone on Shabbos, let's say normally on Shabbos, we don't need to wear tefillin because we have the bris milah and we have Shabbos. If during the week, you, all we have is the milah and you're supposed to be wearing tefillin and you don't wear tefillin, especially when you're saying Kriyashma, you're giving edus to Hashem's oneness, then you're being made check, you're withholding the tefillin that, that he's, he's being made, he's holding back by giving f- true testimony because true testimony needs two, two witnesses. And you're holding back the second witness. The only witness you have is the, the Mila. So by holding back the Tefillin, Tefillin and Mila will be two Osos, will be two Adim, giving testimony that Hashem is one, Hashem Lekin Hashem Echad. The fact that Marsha says that you're not wearing Tefillin, you're holding back. You, if you know Adis, you're supposed to come forward. But by not wearing the Tefillin, that's why you're considered giving false testimony. On Thursday, I'll put up, either tomorrow or Thursday, I'll put up the, the next year, so that when we come back, fascinating question, what Ron, what Ron asked, we're going to discuss that. Um, and I just want to just want to show you This is amazing. I won't be able to show you uh, over the video, over the uh, the share, uh, the audio share. These are uh, pages, almost like the BRS Weekly, Weekly that when I was in Gush thirty years ago, they put out. I have four volumes of. It's called Daf Kesher. It basically taught. It kept everyone who was in the army in Shana Bet and Shana Dalid in touch with the yeshiva who were first, third, and fifth year. I have four volumes of this, and anytime I buy a new farm, since I don't have room in my house, I have to take out old farm. So on Shabbos, I was going to part with these. I, I opened these up, and I thought I haven't opened these up literally in 25, 30 years. So I went through, I had four of them. So I opened up, this was the third one I opened. There was only one shear that was checked off. What does that say? Ma'adif, what's preferable? Is it better to daven with, with tefillin, with a tzibor, or not? I checked this off, I probably read this 30 years ago. This is the topic that we were discussing today, so I looked at it, Moshe Shabbos, I wrote it up. It's staying on my shelf. Not to get rid of it. Oh, is that crazy? The one share I looked up 30 years ago was the one that we're speaking about today, so I decided this was a sign from God. Don't throw away your old far. All right, we'll pick up Mitzvah next week, but I'll put a share on to finish this topic and the last couple of topics before we get to the Mishnah. Have a wonderful day. Good Chodesh.